Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service. So grateful for our prayer team, our worship team each week that stirs our affections and our attention to the Lord. He's so worthy of our worship this morning and every day. Just so thankful for them. Well, this morning, guys, we, uh, as Pastor Phil indicated in the video, we'll be kind of launching into this new series of how to reach the next gen or next generation. This morning, we're going to be talking about multi-generational discipleship. We're going to be talking about, talking about what does that look like. We're going to be talking about parenting. We're going to talk about grandparenting. We're also going to be talking about, so that, you know, that nobody checks out with us today, is that we're going to be talking about how all of us, in some way, impact the next generation. Because I don't care if you're a parent or a grandparent, we have an opportunity, and really, in reality, we are affecting the next generation in one way or another. And so we're going to look at that this morning, um, but this morning is very special for me because I get to invite my lovely bride, Tula, to come join me. You see two chairs up here. She's going to join me this morning. So y'all encourage Miss Tula as she comes. I invited Tula to join me because we're going to be talking. When you talk about parenting, you talk about grandparenting, um, you know, I have no greater respect than, than, than I have for this woman and how she, she's not perfect. I'm not perfect, but, and she'd be the first to tell you. But I just have great respect for her intentionality towards this, and we're going to talk about this as we go along. But, um, but you know, just back in November, you know, Tula and I had an opportunity to be a part of several. And you all may remember we, we had a Legacy Grandparenting Summit, and uh, that was back in November. And during that summit, we learned a lot of, of just very powerful truths. We were reminded of just many powerful truths and God's calling on our lives to impact the next generation. You know, oftentimes when we were a parent, we think, well, once we get them out of the nest, you know, it kind of ends at that point. Really, it, in many ways, it just begins. And there's, there's many more opportunities uh, uh, in front of us to, to impact uh, the next generation. And so we learned a lot in that summit that were applicable to parenting, to grandparenting. But like I said earlier, not, not only that, you know, your, your family, your personal family, but also the faith family, you know, how the faith family can come along the next generation and impact it uh, for the kingdom of God. And we looked at some very specific things that, you know, that our you know, this generation, our children and, and teenagers are, are facing that are even a little bit more challenging than maybe what we've faced in the past. So we're going to talk about all of that in, uh, in, in just a moment. But the key to it all, if a church, if a family is going to impact the next generation, there's one word that has to be at the foremost, foremost of that, and that is intentionality. You've got to be intentional. Absolutely. You know, every moment with your kids and your grandkids are teaching moments. Um, as grandparents, we have the wonderful opportunity and blessing of passing on to our grands all the wonderful knowledge that we have gained over all of our years, <laughs> uh, the good and the bad. Um, right. We've lived a lot. We've learned a lot. And that's just a blessing for us. And we need to intentionally, as parents and grandparents, take every moment possible to share God's love and truth with the kids around us. Absolutely. And I, I like what you said there, too, about, you know, the good and the bad, you know, because, again, you know, we, 
you know, I feel like Tula and I have done some things well, you know, but the reality is there's some things that we, did, we didn't. And there was, you know, and so even to the point of, you know, needing to go back and, and, and do some, uh, you know, uh, some work in those areas uh, to the point of maybe, you know, even sitting down with our children. I, I shared this with one other message where, you know, just saying, look, we need, we need to own this, you know, right? But, but, but the reality is that, you know, we just have such a, a, a wonderful opportunity. But if we, if we just hope that it happens, you know, well, we, you know, we just hope our kids love the Lord and, we just, you know, we just hope our grandkids love, love the Lord and that the children, the next generation in our church, we just kind of, it, it very unlikely that that happens. We have to be uh, focused and intentional in that way. And if we're not intentional, we're going to miss a lot of opportunities. We're going to miss a lot of opportunities. We certainly miss some and, uh, but we, uh, but you definitely will miss opportunity. Now, uh, many of you are wondering why, why Rob is Rob, you know, have this green stick. And I learned that when you order something online for $5, um, <laughs> this green paint was all over my hands after the first service. So I had to, you know, I had to go, <laughs> I had to go wash my hands. I was just glad nobody wanted to shake my hands after the service. But, uh, but you, you may recognize this if you ever ran track and field. This is a baton. Um, and it's used in relays, you know, where you pass from one baton to, from one runner uh, to the next. Uh, we heard this illustration, and this illustration has been used in different, you know, different ways and, and different uh, places. Maybe you've, you've heard it before. But when we were at the Grandparenting Summit, actually, Ann Graham Lotz used this illustration. That's uh, Billy Graham's daughter. And she was talking about, uh, you, know, you know, about track and field. She was talking about the baton and the spiritual implication of that. But I don't know if you guys, you know, unless your children were in track and field or maybe you ran track and field, it's, it, it's a sport that's so exciting. And yet it, we don't see it a lot because it's not televised a lot until the Olympics. Now, when the Olympics roll around, everybody, of course, you know, it doesn't matter what the sport is. If USA has a team in it, you know, we're all cheering, right? But there, you know, I'm probably no different, but I have always loved track and field, uh, the track and field events in the Summer Olympics. And the one, and, and the sprints are always my favorite. Uh, it's just unbelievable, uh, the athletic ability of some and how fast they can go. The one that I love the absolute most is the four by 100 relay. It is one time around the track, four runners, each run 100 meters, and they're going all out. But the key to it is the passing of the baton. If the baton is dropped, your race is over. There's no way. I mean, there's some of those races that if you, you know, that are so long uh, relays that, it, I mean, you, I've seen people fall down and get up and, and then go on and win but not in a four by 100. If you fall or you drop the baton, that race is over for you. The key to it really more than anything else is the passing of the baton. Matter of fact, this last Olympics, if I remember correctly, one of the things that really hurt the USA, uh, uh, it was either the men's or the women's, but forgive me for, for not uh, having the accuracy on that, but they, there was a bobble of the baton that really held them up. A man, basically one had to slow up in order to, to get it, and then uh, it just enough to make it where it was the difference between winning, and uh, I think they did place, but they didn't win. And in many cases, you're not talking about, you know, uh, 
seconds. You're not talking about tenths of a second. You're talking about a hundredths, hundredths of a second is the difference between winning and not even being on the podium. That's right. You know, when you think about that in, in that context, you know, just that hundredths of a second. I think we could put that into perspective also with our parenting and grandparenting. It's not always the great big things that make the biggest impact on our kids. It's those little minute things that we do over and over and over that impacts their life and can impact their life for eternity. And so today, obviously, for, you know, as this visual, I just wanted to remind us of the fact that, that we have this opportunity, uh, this calling. And really, we're going to look at God's Word here in a minute, this command to pass the baton of faith. And, uh, but first and foremost, you know, you have to grab you know, the real question for, for each of us here today is, have you ever, and, and, and this is what uh, Angram Lott said, is first you have to a- answer the question, have I ever reached out in faith and grabbed the baton uh, of salvation and given my life to the Lord Jesus? That's the first question. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about how you pass that baton on so that that race continues uh, to run in, uh, in, in that way. The, the, there's three main things that we really want to kind of hit on. Again, you could do a, a complete series on this topic, but this morning we're going to hit three main things. And if you're taking notes, uh, you uh, just want to encourage you. Also turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and also flip over and be ready to look at Psalm 78, uh, and uh, starting in verse 5. And so we're going to look at those two. Uh, but the first thing, as I said, is grabbing that. Also, the most effective way that we, uh, that we, that we walk with God is, is, is as our personal holiness. So the first thing is that we have a spiritual purpose and a biblical role in, in my parenting and grandparenting and my faith family. Let me say that again. I have a spiritual purpose and a biblical role in my parenting and grandparenting. So our pursuit of God, once we become a faith, uh, we've begun our faith walk, our, our relationship with Jesus Christ, the question then is, are we pursuing Christ in personal holiness? Are we abiding, as John chapter 15 says, are we abiding with Christ daily? Are we pursuing Him in our lives? Is Jesus the center of our lives upon which everything else goes out? Or is Jesus just a part one part of many parts of our lives. If Jesus is a center piece, then that means we're, 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 we're making him a priority personally and we're abiding. John 15 speaks of that. We can do nothing apart from him. We must maintain that uh, abiding. We must stay connected with the vine, uh, with Jesus Christ and pursue him. We read in Romans chapter 12, verses 2, that we're not to be conformed to this world, but, we're, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might, uh, we might know the will of God and serve Him. Uh, the Scripture speaks up. We, if we want to experience spiritual trans, uh, transformation, we must pursue God. We must pursue our relationship with Jesus Christ with everything that we are. Now, why is that important? In, in regards to next generation is because you and I are the generational link to faith. You and I are the generational link to faith to our children, to our grandchildren, and to our, to our children and uh, grandchildren in our faith family. See, many of you may, again, you may not be uh, 
you may not be married, you may not have children, certainly if, if, that, if that's the case, you wouldn't have any grandchildren, but, but you have an opportunity. Many of you serve and volunteer, work with our children, work with our uh, preschoolers, work with our students, and you have such an opportunity to impact uh, and pass on this generation, uh, generational link of faith. Right. So as Rob mentioned, there are two verses that really speak to this that we want to share with you and talk about a little bit today. So that's Deuteronomy 4.9 in Psalm 78, 5 through 7. And we have some very special guests that are going to read the scripture for us today. Don't forget the things you have seen. Don't forget them as long as you live. Teach them to your children and grandchildren. Deuteronomy 4, 9. Psalm 78, 5-7. 5-7. Through through and he commanded to our ancestors to teach them to their children, and their children would know them, even their children not yet born. And they would tell their children, so they would trust God. They would not forget what God has done. Instead, they would obey his commands. So that is five of our precious six grandchildren, and we're so proud of them for uh, reading that scripture and, and uh, sitting down long enough to record it for them. So uh, we do have six grandchildren. One wasn't quite up to reading yet, so we wanted to show you our sixth. Yeah, we don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> and no. youngest, this is our Parker, until this coming Wednesday when we will add number seven grandbaby to the pack. <laughs> That's right. Now... In case you had a little trouble hearing that, I want to go back and read Which, let verses. me just say, our oldest granddaughter was in the service, first service, and when Pops said that, that offended her because she knew what she was saying. Okay, and that means I'm going to have to get her something, okay? Uh, but, but let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. But be careful. Watch out. Don't forget the things that you have seen. Don't forget them as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Now, the couple of things that, that, that stick out here. Now, these are the words of Moses to the children of Israel. And he's saying to be careful. Why? Because we tend to forget. See, we tend to forget the goodness of God, just like the children of Israel did. You know, God, you know, they were following God. The blessings of God were upon them. That they took their eyes off the Lord, and they began to follow their own wisdom, you know, and what they thought was best for them, and their lives began to fall apart. And so Moses knew, and God knows, that we have this tendency to forget. We have this t tendency to forget that he is wiser than we are, that his wisdom, that is the way to follow. And we tend, at that point, men begin to make decisions in our lives of all kind based on our wisdom. And when we do that, oftentimes, things begin to fall apart. In Psalm chapter 78, and uh, verses 5 through 7 says, And he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. Then their children would know them, even their children not yet born. Not yet born. And they would tell their story, their children, so that they would all trust God. They would not forget what God had done. Instead, they would obey his command. So again, the challenge to teach you know, to teach what? The, the wisdom and the truth of God and the, the teachings that God had given them. It reminds me of, uh, of a passage in Joshua uh, chapter 1 where God's Word says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There is a question, really, that we have to answer. If you are in this room or listening today, and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that is, you, you have surrendered your life to Christ, you have to answer this question. Is God's way better than our way? Is God's way better than our way? Because if, if it is, and I believe that we believe that, then, we've got, then, then that will motivate us to become more intentional about realizing that we have this tendency to, to walk away. We have this tendency to forget. We have this tendency to stop, to stop living and pursuing God and, and, and telling the, the greatness, the stories of God and impacting our children and our grandchildren and our next generation. How do, do believing parents best influence their children to trust the Lord and live by His wisdom? Three quick things. And we've kind of touched on them. Just a reminder, be an example. Be someone in your in children, your grandchildren's life, regardless of their age, and the people that you influence in your faith family. Be an example. Be someone who pursues God, your relationship with Christ, with all of your heart. Number two, don't forget God's Word. If you're pursuing Him, you won't, but don't forget the Word of God. And three, remember and share what the Lord has done in your life with the next generation. It's biblical parenting. It's biblical grandparenting. It's, it's biblical uh, influence upon the next generation in our faith family. You know, remember what a disciple, as we define a disciple here at Crossgate, a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and what leads others to follow him. And that begins at home. That's right. You know, parenting and being the primary disciple maker of your home can be very hard work. Um, as, as our kids, are, our, our four children are all adults now. And so I kind of look back over the years and, you know, there's kind of three stages to parenting. You have from year one to about year 11 that your kids are willing to listen to what you teach them. So those are your teaching years. Those are the years that they want, you can pour God's biblical truths into them and biblical foundation into them. And they're just soaking it in and they're learning. Now they hit the preteen and teenage years. And for some reason, you're not so smart anymore. So, you yeah, know, they're kind of like, I'm not so sure I want to listen to you. So those years become more of a coaching, more of a training time where you, now you can teach them and help them walk through and learn how they live in those biblical truths and those biblical foundations that you have taught them when they were younger. Um, and then they become adults. And uh, the adult season, the adult years are, are precious. You know, sometimes I, you, you think those, those uh, earlier years, that's your friendship years. Not really. When they get to those adult years, that's when that friendship begins to bloom and begins to grow. Um, but it's just so important, you know, as, as we set those boundaries and as we, um, you know, we teach them those biblical, biblical truths to understand they're not always going to be happy with us. So, uh, and that's okay because, you know, we are there to pour God's truth into them. 
And, uh, you know, there's, there's a sweetness, too, as you enter the, the world of uh, grandparenting, because now we get to come alongside our children as they parent. Um, you know, they're in the throes of the everyday stress of parenting and running their household and all those things. And, uh, and now we get to come alongside them, and we get to help them spiritually pour into their children and help in those ways that we can. There's just a real sweetness about that. And I would just throw this in uh, completely off the cuff, but, you know, you, you may not, you may be in a setting like, like Tool and I were where our, our grandparents, our kids' grandparents were not close. And so, again, it speaks to the importance of the faith family because, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but, but our kids had people uh, in their lives that, that, that loved them and spoke God's truth into them and of their value and, and, and just so, so, so very impactful. Um, but it, it's so true. We learned that in, in, many, t- in many ways the hard, hard way, but, you know, as the kids get older, you know, lecturing them is just not as effective as, as you know, as biblical storytelling. What I mean by that is, again, you know, at first the example that you set but also sharing with them the things that God is currently doing in your life, um, as, as we just read in Deuteronomy and chapter, uh, and then in, in the book of Psalms. Right. It's kind of scary to think about, okay, you know, how do I tell my story, or what story do I have to tell? But if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a believer in Him, you have a story to tell. You have a story to pass on to your children and to your grandchildren. So we were at the uh, Legacy Summit that Rob mentioned back in... Um, November of last year, they gave us nine things, nine things that we should have in our story to pass on to our kids and our grandkids. Um, so we're going to share those with y'all. It's very important that you have your story so that you can share it and pass the, that faith on. So number one, if you are a follower of Christ, then share when you were saved. And number two, share when you knew that God was real. So as a follower, those are life-changing moments in your life. And your grandkids and your kids, they need to hear that. And they need to know when that happened in your life. Yeah, I think a lot of times, I, I really do. I meet people that, you know, their kids, their kids and their grandkids know that, um, you know, that they love Jesus. But they've never heard the stories of their life. They've never heard when, you know, the, work, the working of, of God in their life and, and, and when that transpired. And that's so important. Um, you know, and then to my discredit, guys, there were times when I would share something from the pulpit that, that I, you know, that my kids heard it for the first time. So I, so again, I'm, 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 I say that to say, again, it's not, you know, we, we're sharing with you what, we, you know, we believe God's truth is saying, but we're not saying that we did this right every time because we didn't. But, but we, what we endeavored and we're, you know, and even with our grandchildren, we're seeing, you know, it, you know, just even the, the greater priority, maybe the sense of urgency, because, you know, as someone who's almost 60 years old, you do see things that... You uh, never guess we were that old, right? No, we don't look that old. But anyway, but, but you see what's coming. You see what's before you. And, uh, and so you want your children and your grandchildren... And then those who are yet born that you, you, have, you will not meet here to be with you in heaven. And to not just be with you in heaven, even though that, you know, that's so vital, but you want them to know the joy and the peace of walking this very difficult world with, with God in their heart and walking by their side. And so, 
you know, I, I will say this. If you're not writing these down, I just want to, you know, these nine things, I want to encourage it. You don't have to listen to the whole message, but you need to go back and you need to write these things down because this needs to be, this, you need to be able to share these things and you need to write these things down. Uh, so there's no doubt, you know, your children will know if, if Jesus is serious in your life. They will know that. But, they, but this, this is so encouraging for them to see the workings, to know how God worked in your life. The third thing is a personal miracle that you experience. Now, that may not be necessarily a, a physical healing, because we tend to think of miracles, we tend to think of a physical healing. That may be the case. But it may be something where, where God really did something amazing in your life, and you, and, and it's, and, and you, you never, you'll never forget it. Share that with them. Share that with even those that you work with here at, you know, and serve you know, uh, uh, and to impact here at the church. Let them know that. The fourth thing is your best spiritual decision. Let them know that there was a time when you didn't necessarily maybe want to do something because it was a hard thing. But you knew it was what God wanted you to do. And you did it. And as a result of it, you now know it was the best decision that you had ever made spiritually. Tell them about that. And then number five, we all have life challenges. Um, share those challenges with your kids and grandkids. They could be a physical, emotional, or spiritual. But a lot of times in those challenges, that's when our faith grows. So they need to see, they need to hear what that process was in your life as you face those hard times. Um, how did God grow you in that? How did he speak to you in his truth in those times? And then number six, um, share a failure and how God used it. Now, when I first heard that, my, my heart kind of jumped because I really struggle with this. I struggle greatly with pride and with self-reliance. And for me to say I had failed or done something wrong or sinned in a way was saying I was a complete failure. But that's not what God says. You know, God is a redeeming God, and He takes our failures, and He takes our brokenness, and He redeems them, and He can use them. So your kids and your grandkids, they need to know. They need to know that you have failed because you know what? They're going to fail someday, and they need to know how did God walk through with me during that time. Um, I don't ever want my children or grandchildren to feel like they are that failure because God can take that, and he will redeem it, and he will use it in their lives. So that's very important that you share that with them. Yeah, and not, you know... You said it perfectly, but I just ha have to reiterate this, this idea of being able to, to own your stuff uh, before your kids uh, and your family. They already see it. They already know it. You're not fooling anybody. And, uh, and so when you own it, um, you're, 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 you're teaching them how to live authentically and, honest, and honestly. And, uh, and again, know the blessing of realizing how God can redeem every, you know, every poor decision, but, uh, but also just realizing that, that, uh, uh, that God indeed is with you and can, and can heal and restore. Number seven, people who impacted you spiritually. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there have been people in your life that have impacted you spiritually. You know who they are. Tell them to, the, to, to your family. Tell them to your children. Tell them to your grandchildren. Why, and, and tell them to others in your faith family. Why? Because they need to know that God is going to bring others into their lives. And they need to be awareness. They need to be aware, watching for when God brings in people, the right people, in the, you know, people of faith that will speak into their lives 
biblical and spiritual truth. So let them know the, who those people were in your life. And, uh, and then number eight, uh, share with them a Bible story that you love the most. Just one that just really you love. It just, for some reason, it's just so impactful in your life. Share that with them and let them know that. Right, and then finally, number nine, share your life verse. If God has given you a verse of Scripture that has become part of your everyday life, um, share that with them. So many years ago, uh, the Lord gave me a verse that has become my life verse. It's Philippians 3.10. It says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so often through my day, those are the exact words that God reminds me. Um, is the way I'm living, the way I'm speaking, is it showing that I want to know Christ above all things? Um, and my children and my, and my grandchildren, they need to know that. I want them to see Christ in me. I want them to know that that is where my whole heart is, is to know Christ and to live for him. Um, when we sang that song earlier, when the race is done, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And that's what I want my children and my grandchildren to know. Um, so I encourage you, share those things with your kids and your grandkids. When you are having your time with the Lord and in God's word, and when he is speaking and his spirit is speaking to your heart and teaching you things, truths through his word, share those with your kids. Share them with your grandkids. Do a group text, whatever's the quickest way to do it. Shoot it out to them and say, this is what the Lord has told me today. And this is what I'm praying for you today. The second point that I really want to hit this morning and we want to share about is, number two, God wants us to be the North Star for our family and culture. God wants us to be the North Star for our family and culture. When I, you know, when I thought about the North Star, I, I looked this up, and I want to share this with you. It says, the North Star is the anchor of the northern sky. It is a landmark or a sky marker that helps those who follow it determine direction as it glows brightly to guide and lead toward a purposeful destination. It also has a symbolic meaning. For the North Star depicts a beacon of inspiration and a hope to many. Some believe it's the Bethlehem Star. But it is fixed. It, you know, it moves very little. It, you know, if they ever, you know, if, so if someone ever gets lost, they can turn back to that and know which direction they are to go. I don't think there's anyone in this room or who's listening to my voice would, would not agree that our, our world is just in utter chaos. There, and, 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 it's, and it's because, there's, you know, it's just, it's, it's all over the place. There is no fixed truth. There is no North Star that, that, uh, that we're looking towards as a culture. And, uh, and yet we, and, and as a result, we're, we're experiencing this chaos. We've, we've, we've removed God in many ways, as I mentioned earlier, like the children of Israel so often, We've, we've forgotten God. We've forgotten His truths. We've forgotten His wisdom uh, as, as a culture. And as a result, uh, chaos has ensued. You get rid of God, there is no center of truth. There is no fixed point. Sometimes it's a little scary to think about raising kids or being a grandparent in this culture. Um, but I want to encourage you that, that this time and this place are all part of God's calling. So there was a statement at the Grandparenting Summit that was very strong, a very strong reminder to me. And I wrote that down, and I want to share it with you. That statement is, God planned for my grandchildren to be a part of this culture. And he planned for me, <laughs> for me to be their nana during this culture. 
You know, he's a God of perfect timing. If you look back in history, his timing is perfect. So it's no mistake. It's no mistake that, that you are parenting or grandparenting or influencing children in this culture. It's a high calling, and I hope that, that I can take it seriously. And, and I'm the popsy that my grandparent, that my grandkids rather are, you know, are supposed to have. And, and it's our responsibility, as Tula said. Well, because we are living in this culture that we, that we are and where, where God is being more and more uh, forgotten uh, and where chaos uh, continues to, uh, uh, to, to ensue, and because there is no fixed point, what we, what we see in, in the next generation are these losses that they were discussed uh, um, at, uh, at the summit as well. And we want to share these with you because they're so true. The next gen, the, the, our, our preschoolers, our children, our teenagers coming up, they have lost their purpose. They have lost meaning. You know, we know now, if, as a believer, I, I think we, you know, we know why, but, here, they're, but they're wandering. They're seeking God. They just don't know it. You know, they're, but they've lost a complete, their, their purpose. They, they don't see a meaning in life. That's why, you know, the suicide rate and just the thought of suicide is going, growing exponentially because they don't even know why they even exist, you know, because they, they don't see that their lives uh, uh, have any purpose or would serve any purpose. And so that's the first loss that, we, that, that, is, that, uh, that we're seeing. We also see the loss of identity in so many of our, um, our children and our students this, at this time. But as a follower of Christ, we should look to God for who we are, um, not ourselves and not our culture. So we are made in the image of God. And our children and our grandchildren need to be reminded of that daily. Hopefully, even at our age, that's something that we're learning ourselves more and more every day. So how much more do our precious kids need to hear that and know that? We need to share it with them. Um, always let them know whose you are and whose they are. Not who they are, but whose they are. Uh, Psalm 135, 15, and 18 tells us that we will be what we worship. What are we pointing our kids toward to worship? We say often here at Crossgate, who fights the hardest for our kids will win. Who's winning their worship? The third thing is there's a loss of love and trust. You know, I think a lot of times our, you know, they've, they've lost uh, because, again, even the church. I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm big C, and I'm not specifically uh, addressing just Crossgate. But oftentimes, again, in our forgetting of God, our children are confused. So they, they know that we, that, that we, we confess Christ, but they don't see a purpose in our lives. They don't see us pursuing Christ with passion and with a love. And so there, there's, there's, there's an issue of trust. They don't, they, don't, they don't get it. It's confusing. It's conflicting. They also, and as a result, they've, this, the, the loss of love is they, we, have, we have definitely in our culture lost that, and in, in, in most churches, quite frankly, unfortunately, we've lost the biblical definition of love. We don't really understand what, when God says that we love, what that really means. I talked some about that a few couple of months back, you know, and it's, it's yes, it's loving unconditionally, but it's being willing to also love someone enough to graciously, you know, in humility and brokenness, share the truth, you know, I, I, you know and, and learning how to do that uh, with, uh, in a loving way. And then fourth, we've, there's a loss of truth in this culture. Uh, when we get rid of God, we get rid of truth. Our children and grandchildren need to see us putting ourselves 
under the authority of God. So I'm going to say that again. Our children and grandchildren need to see us as parents, as grandchildren, as grandparents and as parents, putting ourselves under the authority of God. Amen. Um, we need to be a disciple of truth. John 17, 17 says, God's word is truth, and we should never stop growing. No matter where we are in our faith walk, no matter where we are in our age or anything else, we should never stop growing in our knowledge of his truth ourselves in order to continue to pass that on to our children and grandchildren. Our culture says, I'll make my own truth. But our children are losing that fixed point of God's truth. They're losing their direction. And as believers, we need to be that fixed point for them. We've got to show them. We've got to be the North Star of God's truth. Again, that comes back to us, our own walk with Christ and our own abiding with Christ. If not for us, believing parents, a believing church, believing grandparents, pointing them to God's truth, there will be no guidance for them. The third and last point that we want to make this morning is decide to be resilient. Decide to be resilient and don't run, but press into the assignment. Don't run, press into the assignment. Um, you know, there's so many folks that, uh, that impact here at Crossgate Church that have a uh, big impact in the lives of our next generation. We as, at Crossgate Church, we want to come alongside our, our parents and our grandparents, but we want to see, we want to challenge and encourage you to see that, that the primary uh, role is for the parent. And, and the grandparent to influence uh, and to come alongside our children. It also reminded me of, you know, some of our older children ourselves, you know, Miss Gloria Hammond that served for years and years upon years and, you know, and I mean would still write notes of encouragement and scripture to our children when they were in college and she had them when they were little. You know, that's the kind of thing that impacts and means something uh, to the next generation and to our children and uh, our children's children. I want to give you just a couple of things as we close. I, there's two websites if you're taking notes. Write these down. LegacyCoalition.com Maybe you have great memory too. Or again, you can go back and listen to it. But LegacyCoalition.com and FamilyLife.com Those are two of many, but those are two very strong resources where you can go as a parent, as a grandparent, get parenting resources, grandparenting resources. Um, and, there's, and with Family Life, they've got a whole section and, uh, for blended family, which, which has uh, its own unique challenges. And so we want to encourage you there. But just incredible opportunities. I know Tula has uh, used some of these resources that, uh, from Legacy, uh, even recently. We're yeah. Um, one of the things that Legacy Coalition has, they have a calendar. It's a 12-month calendar. They give suggestions on how to pray for your grandchildren. Some uh, practical suggestions of how to reach out and connect with them throughout that month, specific month. Um, so that's been really cool. They have lots of really good books um, as well that you can uh, pull from uh, with parenting. Yeah. And I, I think, again, you know, the resources are there uh, more than they've ever been. It just comes back again to that intentionality. Now, we've been talking about, as we kind of close out, we've been talking this morning a lot about, you know, you know the importance of, 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 of passing on to our children, uh, to our, our preschoolers, our, our, our children, our teenagers, that they are valued, that they are loved. Here's what I want to tell you. You are valued and loved. 
Each and every one of you are valued and loved by the Father. He died for you. He loves you so much. And maybe as we've talked about some of this, as even Tula and I, as we were preparing, you know, we saw some things that, man, we, we missed some things. Just simply acknowledge that to the Lord and move forward. It's never too late to have an impact upon your family and upon your faith family. It's never too late. And so just want to encourage you that you are loved, that you are valued, and you bring much to the table. Maybe by chance you're sitting out there and you have a broken relationship with your children, and there's nothing worse than family pain. I just want to mention that, and I didn't mention it in the first service, but I want to mention it here. If we can be of any encouragement to pray with you, help you in any way, please let us know. We would love to try to help maybe in that situation. But also, I want you to know, each and every one of them, that you bring a legacy of faith. It may just be a few years, a few months, or many, it may be decades, but you bring a legacy of faith. And that each and every one of you in this room have a gift that's been given to you by God. You may not see, you may not believe that you have a gift, but God's given you gifts. And you can use those gifts for the kingdom. And the last thing is that, of all things, it all comes down to this, is that you and I have a supernatural resource. And that supernatural resource is Jesus Christ and Him living in us, His Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you with those words today. Now I have one last picture that I want to show you. Now this picture, as we put it on the screen, this is a picture that after Easter of a friend of mine. I've become friends with this man over the last several years as we work out together and uh, along with, with uh, several other folks. But, but he has become a dear friend. He prays for me. He's praying for me today. And, uh, and I pray for him and his family. This is his first granddaughter. And he's sitting in the pew at, at a local church here in Hot Springs. And he, if, you, if you'll notice, this picture was taken. He didn't even know it was taken uh, by another family member. And uh, if you'll notice... Uh, uh, my friend has his hands in, 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 in the shape of, you know, just a, just a prayer, a, a position of prayer. Notice how the granddaughter is looking, looking at her grandfather. Notice how her hands, she, she's trying to shape the hands like, like her grandfather. See, I could have put this picture up at the beginning and, say, and let you look at it for five minutes and we could have gone home. This is the message. This is the opportunity that lies before us. You, you see, our, our children are watching. And uh, they're, they're looking to us. Because they live in a chaotic world. Church family, th those that, that uh, we have responsible for ministering to, they may not be your personal family, but they're part of this Crossgate family. They need you and I. They need a fixed point. They need a northern star. They need us to point them to Jesus. They need us to not be perfect because we can't own it when we're not, but they need to see us pursuing Christ with all that we are. They desperately need it more now than ever before. It reminds me of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, that says, So we have many people of faith around us. Their lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and we should remove the sin that so easily catches us. Now maybe some of you wonder why, I wonder why he held that especially since it 
you know, it's, it's getting on his hands. But, but seriously, why did you hold this the entire service? Because I want you to remember that we are running this race and we are going to pass this baton because there's going to come a time when we're going to take our last breath and we're going to pass this baton to our children who will pass it hopefully to their children, Lord willing, and to children yet unborn. And we want to see them in heaven and we want to worship with them in heaven. But not even just that, we want them to know the joy, the peace of walking with a God that loves them so much that he died for them. So may we, may it be in our hearts, church family, may it be in our hearts to pass this baton so that our children yet to be born will know the truth and the love of God that will change their lives for eternity. Would you pray with me? We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer at crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.